very good. Well, today's message is really going to give us a chance to look into the mirror of God's word. I, I love that because, you know, God just has so many things for us. And it's going to give us a little challenge and uh, opportunity to make any necessary adjustments in our life to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. How I many know he's our, he's our role model? Amen. That's who it is. We're not, not Pastor Buddy, not anybody else. Jesus is the role model. Now, I'm going to do my best to walk it out. But I say, you want somebody to pray for you? You can pray for me every day. Amen. So we're in this thing together and we're going to keep pointing the praise to Jesus. So, you know, like Tanya said, said a lot of times, you know, we can we can hear the word. But are we really doers of word of the word? And I got a little scripture you can write down. This is this is a freebie. It's not even on a sheet, but I want you to have this with you. OK, James chapter one, verse 23 through 25. And it says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, amen, and it, it sets you free. And if you do what it says, you hear that? We've got we to put some feet to our faith there, right? And don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Today, and I pray every time that we get together, that we can take what God has for us in his word and apply those biblical truths in our life right here, right now. And that's what I love about the word of God. You know, it's never lost its, its, its power. It's never uh, any less sharper than what it was spoken years and years ago. It's life. God speaks things into life, you know. So we want to watch our words and we want to be a doer of the word of God. So let's take a look at this. We're going to start off today. If you got your Bibles, I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. I'm going to say something about that. It's always good to bring your Bibles, all right? Now, we put up what we can as we go through here. But you know what? I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles because you can make some notes in it. It's not going to hurt anything to write in your Bible, okay? Um, you can put a few things in there and look at that. And maybe God's going to speak to your heart and say, well, look, look at this other scripture. It's an opportunity for God's love letter to be unveiled to you, okay? So if you don't have one, we get you one, okay? How's that? Well, that's a good deal, right? Amen. We got some in the back. If you need one, we'll get one. And uh, if not, we'll get some more because we want to make sure that you are fully equipped for every good work. All right. So we're going to use the story of the Good Samaritan. Many, many of y'all, any of y'all heard of that? Right. We've heard of it. But, we, you know, I love going back through the word of God. And he just he just opens the veil a little bit more. He just shows us another layer of that. So I want to share a few things. And I don't know why this happens, but sometimes it seems like most times it seems like we end up living the message that we hear. Does that happen? I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. So I will tell you about that in just a little bit. But that's a good thing because God's already given us uh, the outcome that we have victory in Jesus. Amen. No matter what's going on in our life, we're not going through it alone when we have Christ. So with that being said, we're going to do this and look at the story of the Good Samaritan. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Luke chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 25. I've got it on the board through 37. And it's going to give us the opportunity to look at the, the, the hearts of people. And also gives us an opportunity to check our motives as well. See, we got to insert ourselves in the story to get the, the full nutrients of God's word out of that. You know what I mean? It's not just for somebody else. It's for everybody, okay? So with that being said, let's jump in and see what God's got for us, all right? And everybody's got a handout. Man, I think y'all can be scribbling some good notes today, right? Let's see what we got. Tim's our, man, I tell you, Tim's on the scene. Well, let's take a look at this. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? In other words, he says, you got the book. Take a look at it. You're the expert. You read it. You tell me what's going on. And that's how Jesus wants us to be involved in his word. He wants us to be involved in his work. So what do we need to do? We need to be listening and doing. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. So the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart 
all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. Now, listen to where we're going with this. Then the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He was looking for that loophole, that religious loophole. Well, who, who do I got to be nice to, Jesus? Just the people I like or everybody? But we're going to find out what he says about that. So Jesus, he's the master storyteller, man. He just, he just goes in and just unpacks this thing. And I love it because, you know, he always shares things that uh, just have so much power. And let us just jump in right there. Are you ready? We're on verse 30, Tim. Great job. So Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked by, walked over, and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Amen? Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and banished them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him, into, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. Yeah, quiet, right? And the man said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus follows up with this. Then Jesus says, yes, now go and do the same. Now, I want to show you something here that this this thing just opens up really, really big, and, and we're going to get to see Jesus in the midst of this thing. You ready? It's pretty hardcore to think that the priest was going to go by and just step to the other side, isn't it? He said, come on, man. That, surely they wouldn't do that. You know, and, and we say, well, my goodness, man, what do you, you know, is he so busy? Is he walking by that he's just, man, I just don't have time for this. Man, does that sound like any of us? Let's be honest, right? And you know what? Maybe he doesn't want to, want to get involved. You know, that's the number one thing. A lot of times we'll go by because... I just don't have time for this. I don't want to get involved in this. This is going to take an investment. I know what's going to happen if I give them an inch. It's going to take a mile. Could that be going on? Put ourselves in the story. Let's keep on going. Here's one of the things. Over the last three weeks on our Tuesday night study, we've been talking about sharing our faith with others. And man, it can be overwhelming at times. You know? Everybody's not a loud mouth like me. Okay? And my wife goes, amen. Right? <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's okay. The way you're wired is unique. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that because God says you are his masterpiece. But God can use what he's put in you and what he's put in me to make a difference for eternity. We don't have to look alike. We don't have to, you know, do the same things. And that's okay. So I just want you to hear that. But one of the things that we've learned in our study is that compassion needs to move us to action. Amen? We will talk about that. I'm just giving y'all just a little in, insight here. Now something else I want to talk about is uh, my week this way. Can I share a little bit about that? We talked about the story. We talked about people passing you by. We talked about people being too busy and all those things, right? Well, I got to tell you a story. How, how, how this played into my life along about Thursday, right? I'm thinking, man, it's Valentine's Day. I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cook. I can do that. I'll go ahead and cook that day. So, but I'm thinking, you know what? I think I just might ride my motorcycle a little bit before I go get the food. So I go riding a little bit, riding and I said, well, man, you know what? Me and Gracie just put that new little sissy ball on the back. I could get groceries on that thing. That ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. You know, I only need to get a few things. So I went to food line. And I started talking to people. 
And I start sharing a little Jesus. And I'm over in the produce. And I'm over in the meats and all this. And I forget that I drove my motorcycle. And I'm still shopping. I mean, I got stuff in this thing. And I'm going, oh, man. I mean, I'm in line. I'm thinking, I don't want to take the food back. But I don't want to call Denise to come get me either. Because then she's going to say, you shouldn't have took the bike. Right? She wouldn't say it that way. She'd probably say, honey, you shouldn't take the bike. Hey, I ain't stupid, buddy. <laughs> I pray for wisdom and discernment on this story. So anyway, I'm thinking, you know, I can, I can make this work. So I got five bags of groceries, man. I mean, I got three pounds of potatoes. I got, I mean, I, man, I'm going to give you the, I got a big bottle of the Gatorade, not the small one, the big one. You know, and I'm going, oh, man, this is not cool. But we got the little thing on the back, right? And we got the little bungee. We got this net. I'm going to be all right. So I'm out there, man, I'm just taking this stuff. And I got the French bread. It's like this, and I'm going, okay, that's cool. I'll just put it in. So I got, I got this, like, I got this up here, and I'm seeing this lady, right? She's just going, she's giving me the look. She's probably thinking I'm, you know, done rolled somebody and took all the groceries. But I'm steady stuffing. I'm getting in there, I take that. I said, man, what am I going to do with this? I got a windshield on my bike. I said, mm, I put the Gatorade in there. That thing's going, like this. I said, it's all right. I'm only, I don't, I don't have far to go. Man, Denise is coming. I got to get this thing going, man. So then I, I said, man, this looks pretty good. And then I said, oh, man, I still got potatoes. I said, I'll just put them on the top. So I'll get them potatoes in there, man. I got them in there. So I'm just, I said, I'm just going to cruise. Ain't no big deal. Ain't that far to go. Now, remember the people in the story, right? Right? You got people that'll pass you by, and you get some guy that finally says something to you, right? All right. So I get, and I go all the way down. I'm passing right there at Happy Bellies. Okay. Did I get everything I need, you know? And I see my neighbor in front of me. A beep, beep. How you doing? She said, hey, buddy, what's going on? And all of a sudden, when the light's getting ready to change, a little oriental man comes up and goes, Sam, Sam, there's stuff dropping off your motorcycle back there. I'm going, what? I mean, I can't hear good anyway. So I'm going, what? And he's telling me, and I'm thinking, man, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. So he lets me go on around, and I get over at the Happy Bell, and I'm going to survey the damage, right? So I get up, and I go, man, I'm not missing. Oh, I'm missing a few things. And so I go like, and so when I stood up, I got up there, and I go to get back on the bike when I step on the bread. And I, Tim said, I guess y'all had flatbread sandwiches, right? <laughs> so I'm going, oh, man, that's not good. I'm trying to reshape it and put it back in there. And I'm thinking, just go home. I'm thinking, well, maybe it just blew over to the side. I could get it, you know, I don't know. I've got the carrots, i got this, all that, you know. What's, oh, man, must be the potatoes. So I go back, right, I'm looking everywhere, you know. I don't see anything. I go back through the parking lot, and the same lady's going, oh, my God, he's back. <laughs> you know, well, he's gonna go, probably going to take my, you know, cheese, cheese dip or something. So I go back, I said, man, maybe it's still in there. So I come back on, y'all know where I'm at. I'm coming down a food line, right on, what is it, Victory? I'm the first one in line, getting ready to go left, right at the main intersection of Bogosan. All right, this is like 4.30. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and I see these seagulls going, ah, ah, ah. I'm going, what is going on, man? It's like a bad Alfred Hitchcock movie. And I'm going, my potatoes, and nothing. Somebody done smashed them, man. I think it was that little guy that followed me. But anyway, I don't know. I ran over that. And this, they're out. The birds are coming, man. And I'm going, I'm going. And people are going, what is going on now? I'm like, I'm going to take them out. They want their birds, you know. So I go around the court. Well, when I come by, they must know I got more stuff on my bike. Because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going, and they're going, ah, ah. who's your neighbor? <laughs> My neighbor's a fella going, I ain't never seen him before. No wonder my neighbor left. 
she's probably going, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, the, you know, the doubt. She probably didn't know that I had dropped everything. I got to get some water on that one. See, y'all think I'm kidding, man. This is, I couldn't even make that stuff up. It's just amazing how things just unfold, isn't it? So we had a good meal, less potatoes. It was good, right, man? Happy Valentine's Day. So anyway, you know, with our busy lives, a lot of times we can we can <laughs> we can be tempted to take some shortcuts along the way, right? And a lot of times, I think some of the important issues we we really miss out on. Like you know, it was great that I was talking to people and sharing the Lord, but you know, I should have watched what I was putting in that cart, man. Yeah, so that's one of those things. But you know, I want to share, share this with you. You know, as we share go through the scriptures today, I want us to see that you know we want to see the God thing. We want to see what God has for us, what God desires us for us to do. Amen. So let's get ready to get our handouts going and we're going to jump on in. Okay. Does that sound good? Good deal. Well, the first thing we talk about is the first guy, he was kind of hands off. The priest was kind of hands off in that situation. Let's go back and pull the scripture in. Verse 31 says, by chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. You ever feel like you've been passed by in life sometimes? That's, that's a tough spot to be. You know, we think, how could this be? How could it happen? He saw him. He saw him. I know he saw him, right? The, the scripture says that. And he passed him by. But like we said earlier, was he too busy? Was, was he thinking what he had to do was too important to slow down and take some time for somebody else? See, a lot of times we think our schedule is the only schedule. Got quiet there, didn't it? What we have to do is more important than what she has to do he has to do. But let's make sure that we're focusing on what God has for us today. I wrote this down. God, God gave me this when I was studying a little bit. Never get too busy being about God's work that you miss out on, on doing God's will. I'm going to say that again. Never get too busy about God's work that you miss out doing God's will. See, and I, and I left that in there. I said, you know, here, God's work. We could be doing God's work. We could be here setting up stuff, but we, if we pass somebody by, you know, What's, what's the main thing? What is the desire of God's heart, man? That people know him, that we represent him well, amen? So a lot of times with our busy schedules, you guys got anybody like this that you deal with? They'll talk about their accomplishments and all that they're doing and everything. And they start thinking about, but my schedule is so busy. It's so busy. I mean, you know, they think they got the most important schedule, like we said, and everything else. And, and somebody told me this one time. They said, what do you got going on? And I gave them my list, you know. I got to be here. I got to be here. I got to be here. I just got all these things going on. And the guy told me, he said, well, who's setting your schedule? <laughs> well, there are some things that are set. You know, you got to be at work at a certain time. Thing like but there's a lot of things that we set. He said, well, the things that you set, why don't you adjust them to work for you? I was like, okay, that's a good idea. You know? But a lot of times we put so many things in our grocery bag, so many things on the back of the bike. Right? Amen? That we think, I can do it, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And, and what happens is, Spill the potatoes, right? You know, we can spill those potatoes. And you know what? I didn't really realize how all that was going to work together, but I see it clearly now. It's like, you know what? We need balance. I need balance in things. And so let me ask you a question. Who sets your schedule? Right? What's the priority in your schedule? Where does God come in on that? Is he, does he get what's left over? Have we been reading our word? You know, here we are uh, in the middle of February. Just a little checkout. You know, in the first of the year, we're going to say, well, let's, let's do this. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to do this. Whatever, fill in the blank. How are you coming on with the goals that you set? Not here to bang you down and it'll rough you up. 
Let's just take, let's take the time to make a course correction. So if, if there's things that we set out to do, what do we need to do to make the adjustment to get back on? Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, well, man, you're too far off course. You're done. He says, no, come on back. Come on back. And so I want you to hear the message today from that, that viewpoint that God says, come on back. Because he's one with compassion. Amen. So with that being said, let's keep on rolling here. Ask God to help you set that schedule. Sometimes, I mean, we, I, I got a lot going on. Y'all got a lot going on, right? So if I seek the Lord first, it's amazing how he will multiply our time. That's one of the biggest things that people say. How, I went to a fellow's house the other night, and he's playing some music. He does a great job, and, and I was talking to him, and I was getting ready to go. And, and he said this. He said, how can I pray for you this week? And I said, man, you know what? That I will listen close to the Lord, that I'll be obedient to the Lord. And that, you know what, that he'll set my pace. That I will allow him to set my pace. See, we start out with that and then we want to drive, don't we? We want to drive. I got, I got it. I can do this. I can do that. But you know what? Let God be our pace setter. And I guarantee you that he will get everything accomplished that he, he sees fit in our life. Amen? He is not going to let us come up short. You know, I know everybody's got deadlines. You're working. You're doing. Your bills are coming and things like that. But I can promise you, after walking with the, the Lord, and there's a lot more for me to learn, but I can tell you, God is faithful, amen? God is faithful in those situations, that's for sure. You know, I, I want to share just a little something today. You know, you never know about, should I go, should I not go, you know, am I too busy or whatever like that. I'm going to clarify that. Years ago, one of the reasons that's we're here is today, and you guys know the story about keeping promise for the most part, but I was thinking about that. And, and a friend of mine called me when his dad was, was very sick and he was a good friend of mine. I love it, man. And I, and I go by and I, and I think, and, and my buddy calls me and says, my dad's been calling for you all day. And guess what? I didn't want to go. Not because I didn't love my friend, because I do, and I did. Because it was a tough time. I knew it was going to be painful. But thank God I had a wife with the sermon said, you need to go and you need to go now. And never will I think or never will I forget him speaking into my life about keeping the promise. Keep playing the guitar. Keep doing what's going on. Everything else. That's amazing. So you know what? I could have sidestepped that. I could have said, well, you know, I'm kind of busy. Thank God I didn't. Because you know what? As I look here today and I look on the front row and I see folks here that's giving their life to the Lord and see how God's work from my friend just speaking a little something in due season. I didn't even understand all of it then. I was just playing some guitar, but I believe God gave him a glimpse of what could be. You know, when people speak into your life, make sure it lines up with the word. Make sure you, that you, you uh, just like we were talking to a friend the other day, make sure that, that you're all right with it in your spirit and everything like that. But I tell you what, you know when somebody's speaking the truth into your life. God will give you that. God will give you that in your heart. And I said, I don't know exactly what he's saying, but I know... That there's bigger things to come. And I'm so grateful. So I'm telling you, on behalf of that, that's one reason why we're here. A lot of times people say, what does what keep the promise mean? It means I kept my promise to my friend, but God kept his promise in my life and in your life by giving Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what that's all about. But with that being said, so often I wonder, what happens if I didn't go? Thank you, Lord, that I went. Does that mean if we miss one opportunity, God says, that's it? He's a God of opportunity. He's a God of second chances. Just like we were playing the song that the Lord gave us a while back, New Day. It's, it's exciting to know that God gives us a new day, new mercy, new grace. Amen. So I, I'm just thankful for that. I just want to take a little time and just you know, reflect back 
a lot of times when we look and we, we see the goodness of God, sometimes I don't think we see all of it when we're walking through because there's so much to take in. Sometimes we just got to stop and go, wow, Lord, what are you doing here? Well, you know what? Let's keep on rolling with the story here. That's just a beautiful picture of how God can work in things when we, when we're, when we just go on and, and don't be hands off, but be hands on what God says. All right, I'm going to take a look at the second part of this here. Here we go. In verse 32, it says the temple assistants walked over and looked at the uh, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. <coughs> well, let's take a look at this guy. What was going on? He had something pulling him towards that man. I believe maybe it was compassion. We talk about compassion. But you can have compassion for somebody and not do anything about it. Amen. You say, man, I'm really, I'm really sorry that that's going on. I'm really sorry that you're cold and we have all the blankets in the house. You see what I'm saying? There's a step in there, a step of faith that takes that blanket and takes it to that person. See what I'm saying? That's why we want to talk about putting our feet and faith together. Amen. So let's go back to the temple assistant. Maybe he was just being nosy. Maybe you just, you know, maybe, do I know that guy? You know? See, a lot of times if we think we know somebody, we'll say, well, well, let's see what's going on. Let me tell you another thing you guys have probably experienced in your life. You can have situations in your life, things going by, and people that are around you, and your friends going through some situations, and people come up, well, what's going on with so-and-so? I'm really concerned about them. And you know what? A lot of times they're not concerned about them. They want to derp. You know, so let's not feed into that. Let's go. You know what? I had a situation several years ago that was, you know, we all have serious situations. A friend of mine was going through some stuff and I bet you I must have had who knows how many phone calls. <coughs> well, what's going on? man? What's happening? I said, we need to be praying for them and the family. Well, what's going on, man? What's going to happen? We need to be praying for them and the family. Who am I? Who am I to get out with the scorecards? You know what? I don't know about y'all, but I wouldn't want all my information and everything, everything ever happened in my life. On the, on the front screen, you know? But you know what? God sees that. And he says, you know what? I'll wash you clean. God sees all that. And he says, come on back to me. God sees all that. And he says, I'm a hands-on God. Amen? Aren't you glad that he doesn't pass us by? Let's keep on rolling here. So we look at this. Think about some of these things that we might have uh, passed by in life. I'm going to pull this back into some of the family time, but it could be any of that. You know, as moms and dads, aunts and uncles and grandparents, we've got busy schedules and then kids are doing things at school. I mean, think about this. How many baseball games have we missed? How many PTA meetings have we missed? How many other things have we missed? I understand that we have to make a living. I understand all those things. But I'm going to tell you what. Like I said before, one of the greatest things to, to get my mind right on this is when Thomas was a little boy, he's 21 now. And I told him one day, I shared this with you before. What do you want to do, bud? Mom's doing some stuff. It's me and you. Jesse wasn't even born. It was just me and Thomas hanging out. What do you want to do? Anything you want to do, son, that we can swing, we'll do it. And he looked at me, man, and that still to this day just brings tears about. He said, Dad, anything? I said, yeah. He said, let's wrestle. <laughs> If he says that now, that age, I would say no. <laughs> I would say, get your brother. <laughs> you guys go at it. Isn't that something? He just wanted some time with his dad. Man, we went in that living room. I'm telling you now, you had to let me through it. We moved all that stuff out there, and it was all. Man, I was out there getting with that, rolling around, man. We had the best time. But all those things, out of anything that I could offer him as a, a dad with, with limitations, he just wanted time with me. Think about what God offers us with no limitations. You can seek him anytime. 
You can call on him anytime. You can read his word anytime. Are we hands on or are we hands off in that situation? So with that being said, I believe that we need to have the eyes of Christ to do the will of Christ. We need to have the eyes of Christ to do the will of Christ. How do we get the eyes of Christ? We read his word. We spend time in prayer. We get together and praise the Lord. Amen. And God starts showing us things like that. I want to say one other thing about that. Man, I had an awesome dad. But my dad was in the military and he was gone a lot. So the first seven years of my life, I'm like, who is hugging my mom? Because he'd be gone, he'd be back, he'd be gone, he'd be back, he'd be gone, he'd be back, you know. But man, he spent the rest of his days trying to make up that time. And when you're 75 years old, you don't want to go hear Southern Thunder, man, when they're playing in the rock and roll thing. But he'd get up there and he just put earplugs in and he goes, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. I think he was talking about Alan. <laughs> he loved Alan too. He goes, I'm all right, Alan. I'm like, what about me, Dad? But you know what? We would have such a good time. But you know what? He didn't want that time to go by. He didn't want that time to go by. He knew that he had to make a living. And I'm thankful that he did that. He was a provider and all those things. But his desire was to spend more time with his children. God's desire is for us to spend time with him. Amen? So let's take a look at that. Woo! Got me rolling here. I want to say one other thing. Being a Christian is not a spectator sport sitting on the sidelines. Amen? That don't mean you got to run up and down the road and beat somebody with a Bible. All right? You know? Because we've seen that before, too. That, that's, I, don't, I don't see that in here. I see that we love them where they're at. I see that we have compassion. And we reach out. And we call, if that's wrong, we say it's wrong. You know? And we need to stand up for the things that we believe in. And I, I think it's, we're coming to a time in our society we really need to do that. But you know what? The problem is a lot of times we don't know what we're standing up for because we haven't read the Word. So let's dig in that word. Amen. We want to be hands on, right? Let's do it. All right. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along and went. when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Like I said earlier, I want to give you a little background. The Jews hated the Samaritan people. Man, they thought they were lower class. They, they hated them. But who came to his rescue? See, a lot of times we, we don't want to hang out with folks unless they look like us, smell like us, talk like us, act like us. You know, they're different. Stay away. Man, you know what? So many times we need to embrace that and pull the, the gold out of those folks. Because guess what? They're looking at you and me the same way. Wow. I got a friend that I work with, I've been working with for years. And I tell you what, if you had, if you put us together, it would be like hee-haw and C-span. You know, guess who I am? <laughs> Y'all got it right. But you know what? We got a common common denominator, and his name is Jesus. And I appreciate that. You know, I sometimes I say, man, you know, I'll be honest. I'm like, man, I like hanging out with this guy. It like boosts my IQ. You know, <laughs> how do you do? What's that? You know, he's very technical and doing stuff like that. But sometimes he goes, well, what do you think about this? And and, and it's just great. So what I'm saying is. Just because we don't act alike, look alike, and all those different things, don't let that be a barrier. Let it be a bridge to learn even more and greater things that God will do through you and in them. Amen? Let's take a look at this. When we look at this scripture right here, I love it how we start talking about the despised Samaritan. It's just really odd for Jesus to tell the story in a bunch of the group, that, the setting that he was in, because the religious law guy 
He's a Jew and he's thinking he's got it all together. And he uses the people that he despises to teach him a lesson. He says, yeah, then a despised Samaritan man came along. They probably go, man, what are you talking about that in here? What are you saying? You know, sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> sometimes the truth hurts. Let's take a look at that. So with that, that religious leader, I was the first thing I read. I said, well, I don't think he's too sharp questioning Jesus anyway. <laughs> right? I knew that part. Well, let's see what else is going on here. Not only did the Samaritan man have compassion, but he had compassion to move him to be a blessing. You hear what I'm saying? He put feet to his faith. Let's take a look at this. It says, the Bible says it soothed his wounds and he banished him up. And this is what God started unpacking. And I said, wow, Lord, I never saw that. Lord told me this might be some stuff you want to write down here. To go with that, he says, he soothed the wounds and banished him up. And God showed me, he says, Christ put his hands on a rugged cross for our sin. And by his wounds, we are healed. Isaiah 53, amen. He went on and showed me this. He said, he put him on a donkey and took him out of harm's way. Jesus says, you know what? Jesus pulled the cross to the town with the weight of the world of sin. And upon that, he paid the price so that we could be set free. Amen. Isn't that something? He purchased the shelter the man needed. Jesus says, I'm your shelter and your refuge. You can rest in me. You can rest in me. The Bible said that the Samaritan man paid his debt. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe because we had a debt we couldn't pay. Amen? Amen. That's something. I got to read that again. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe because we had a debt we couldn't pay. See, do you see the hands of God reaching through this story? Hello, are you? Do you see that? He says, you know what? Look at the guys we're looking at. You got Jesus. You got a guy that thinks he knows it all, studying the, studying the word. But it's not taking hold of his heart. It's still in his head. You see a guy that is being about God's business, but he just steps on by. You see another guy that's serving, thinking maybe, man, my heart's right. I'm serving. I'm doing that. And this is great things. And he walks on by. But he sees a man that most people in that culture thought a lot lower of. And that's the man that come to his rescue. Man, let me tell you something. Never underestimate how God might want to talk to you or who he wants to speak to you through. Amen? Just line up with the word. Just line up with the word. So with that, you see the compassion, the love, and the forgiveness and freedom of what God does when he reaches out because he's a hand on God. Amen? All right, everybody got some good notes going, right? Yeah. So we got a hands-on God. We'll talk about compassion here a little bit. Compassion is based on Need, not worth. You ever thought about that? Compassion doesn't say, well, if I do this, I'll get that back. Compassion says, there's a need. There's a need. There's a need. And it's, and it's not based on the worth. They see the need. Amen? Let's keep going on. Compassion feels something. You know, that second man, he got drawn over there, didn't he? He felt something. Well, guess what else happens? Compassion does something. You can say, oh, I'm a compassionate person. But if you know what, if you're not following up on that, if you're not reaching out and doing something about it, are they going to know? Is it going to make any difference? We've got to get off the sidelines. We've got to get off the sidelines. This is something the Lord showed me. I wrote this down. He said this. When the heart of the father is in the child, the hands of the father are extended through the child. When God's got our heart captivated as a child of God, his hands are going to reach out. They're going to look a lot like yours. But the end result is going to be his. Amen. You see what I'm saying? 
Have you ever had somebody just reach over and say, hey, it's going to be all right? Have you ever had somebody, had a friend of mine that went through a tough time? And I'll never forget this. Went through a tough time a while back. It was a car wreck. The bills are coming on and everything else. They've been through a lot of different things. And uh, I went and visited him. And he says, hey, while we're here, I want you to visit one of my friends. And I went and visited one of his friends. And as we were walking off, my buddy just mumbled a little something. I said, what, what, what did you say? He said, when I couldn't pay my house payment, that man made it for me. I said, wow. Isn't that something? He said, I'll never forget that. The man told me, he said, don't, don't worry about it. He said, man, I got all this coming down on me. He says, I'll take care of it. I don't know the man. I don't believe he's a real wealthy man. I think he's a working man with the wealth of Jesus in his heart. Amen. Let me tell you. He wasn't short on any company coming to pray for him. He wasn't short on any visitation coming up there. Because he had touched lives and he had invested in lives and everything else. And people knew, you know what? If I can ever do something for that man, I'll do it. And you know what? That's a beautiful picture right there of the compassion of God working through the hands of his children. Amen. That's just a powerful story. Oh, man. Compassion costs something. It does cost something. It might cost, cost you a time. It might cost you eating a cold supper or something. I did a funeral yesterday with a friend of mine. Uh, I did the music portion of it. My buddy did the preaching part. And I had never met this man um, that passed away. I know he was a brother in the Lord. And, and, and I knew that my friend that was doing the preaching, he had really, he loved this guy. And uh, and that particular fellow had done a lot of things over the year in heating and air conditioning and stuff like that. And as my buddy was preaching, the place was packed. And he says, I just want to ask you something. It just hit him. He says, if, my, if our friend that's, that's gone now to be with the Lord has ever helped you, shown you something that you can use today, can you stand up? Woo! Look at the people that man touched. Just from taking some time. One of the guys gave a testimony. He said that his wife has early stages of MS and that the, the, the temperature in their house must be a certain level or it really triggers a lot of things whether it's too hot or too cold. He said, not long ago, and he said the guy had been helping him out along and everything. He said, I probably should have replaced the unit years ago. But he said, I called him, and he shows up. And he said, man, you doing all right? He said, oh, I'll be all right. He didn't know that man was laying sick in bed for days. But he got the call, and he got up, and he fixed the stuff, and he came back. And my brother was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. He didn't say, oh, I'm too busy. He said, let me see what I can do for you. Man, that's compassion. That's the hands of God working through a child of God. Amen. You know what? If we were here today and I asked the question, fill in the blank, put your name there. You know, such and such is going to be with the Lord. If they've ever helped you, encouraged you, loved on you, whatever, fill in the blank. Would you stand up? Would there be a lot of people standing to their feet? I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking about works to get to heaven. I'm talking about works being done in the name of Jesus because you already know you're going to heaven. Amen. Because you know that his grace has bought a place for you in eternity. That we've called upon the name of the Lord. We're talking about what God has done. What is God going to use you for? What is God going to use you for while you're here? 
You say, well, I, I don't know. I'm not a preacher. Okay. I don't, I don't play this. I don't do that. There's a lot of things I don't do. But the thing that God's given you, I ask you to just listen close. Spend some time with God. And say, here I am, Lord. Use me. You know, we looked over the last few weeks and we talked about different stories of, of young folks, right? Um, God used young folks. There's a lot of things you can do. You might impact somebody at your school, you know? Older folks that have the opportunity to be retired. You might have more time on your hand than somebody else. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. If you seek the Lord, he'll show you, right? Take a look at this. Compassion demonstrates something. The man went out and he grabbed hold of that fellow that was in the ditch and he brought him out. God's love and compassion demonstrates something. Jesus stretched out his hand. He came back from heaven to pay a debt. And we couldn't pay and he didn't know so that we could have eternal life with him. Amen? That's demonstrating stuff. Let me ask you this. Have you received what Jesus stretched out his hands for? Have you received that? What do you mean, buddy? I mean, have you taken the time and said, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin? Lord, the Bible says all of sin will fall short of the glory of God. I need you in my life. And you know, we're talking about this. I want to just give you a little bit of Tuesday night here, okay? We did look at some statistics. They say approximately 150,000 people die a day. 150,000 people die a day, they say. If you break that down into an hour, that's about 6,250 people that will pass away while we've been here. And many of them don't know Jesus. How can God use you? How can God use me to get that word out? Because it's like we said, compassion. It's not, it's, it's, it's based, it's, excuse me, compassion is based on need, not worth. Compassion feels something. It does something. It costs something. It demonstrates something. What are we demonstrating to our family? What are we, I'm not saying you got to be perfect. Point them to the one who is, amen? Point them to the one who is. But you know, over and over and over, are we willing to reach out our hands for somebody else. Are we willing to take time? Are we willing to take one of those Bible tracts that you get every week and put them somewhere? Are we willing to just say, hey, you know what? Invite somebody. That's God just says, you know what? I'll take it from there. But just, you just let me work it from there, amen? I want to go and hit this as we get ready to bring this back. You know, a lot of times what, what gets in the way is our attitude about stuff, isn't it? If we don't have the proper attitude, we're not going to have the proper response, are we? You look at your kids. You say, well, don't do that. And they go, ah, ah, ah. you know, and then they get all geared up about it because they just say, I can't do that. They don't understand that you told them because it's a safety thing. You told them don't do that because you've already went down that path, maybe. Whatever the case is. So attitude has a lot to do with the way we respond. Well, you know what? We need to renew our mind with the word of God. So that we have the attitude of Christ, amen? So that we see it from God's perspective. Let's just take a look at a few of the folks here. I'm going to unpack this. Now, the attitude of the expert in religious law, right? To the expert in religious law, the wounded man was a subject to discuss. That's all he's talking about. Oh, we're just talking about this, this little situation. How about this? To the bandits, he was someone to use and to take from. To the religious man, he was a problem to avoid. See, he was somebody that, that, that man in the ditch was somebody we just need to step up. We need to keep on going. He's going to slow us down, man. I'm going to get that on my hands. You know, I don't, I don't want to be involved in that. But take a look at this. To the innkeeper, he was a customer to serve for a fee. He was somebody to make a buck off of. But look at this. To the Samaritan, he was a human being 
worth being cared for and loved. I want y'all to hear that. And it gets better. You ready? Who else is left in the story? Jesus. Amen. To Jesus, all of them and all of us was worth dying for. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that something that we walk all through there? We see what God has for us. I'm going to read a little something here that I, as a study I thought was interesting. Jesus Christ is our model as the good neighbor, and his example is the one to imitate. He saw a world of sinners robbed of their potential, stripped of their treasures, wounded by sin, and unable to rise up for himself from that beaten state. He came down to where the sinners are and gave mankind an act of mercy, an act of grace, an act of love. Through his death and his resurrection, he covered our nakedness, binds up our wounds, and heals them. He put us in the safety of a church and provides for our physical and spiritual needs. God gives us abundantly more than we ask for. But let me, let me ask you a question. What type of neighbor are you? What type of neighbor are you? What type of neighbor are we? I want us to be our takeaway today. So many times we think we can point to somebody else and say, well, they should be doing this or they should be doing that. Guess what? When we look into the mirror of God's word, we see what we should be doing. Who's your neighbor? Is it the person at work? Is it a person who lives 17 towns over? God's got a long reach for his love and forgiveness, and he's willing to use it through you. Amen. I go back to this here. Who's my neighbor? The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who was my neighbor? He wanted that loophole. He just wanted to deal with the folks that were convenient. He just wanted to deal with the situations that, you know, that made him look good. I don't think that's anybody in here. I really don't. But I'll tell you what, it's a good thing to check our motives, isn't it? And the best way to check our motives is to hold it up against the back of that cross right there. And look what he did for us. So with that being said, I just want to, I want to ask you one other thing. I want you to close your eyes and I want to ask you something. So you think about what we talked about today, about reaching out, talking about what's at stake, people going to hell, maybe our, ourselves that we've never received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But if I pulled into your neighborhood and asked around, I said, excuse me, I knock on the door. Can you tell me if any Christians live in here, in this neighborhood? Would they point me to your house? Would they point me to your house? If I went to your work and I said, hey, is there anybody that believes in Jesus Christ here? I need to talk to them right now. I need to know something. Is there anybody in here here at the workplace? Would they go right to your desk? Would they go down and find you welding something on a tank in the shipyard? and say, hey, this guy right here walks with the Lord. Would they go up and say, that secretary up there, she's praying for people all the time. I pray that the answer is yes. But the answer starts with a yes to this question. I wrote this the other day. Yesterday, I was going down the road and it just hit me. The most important question ever asked in the world, I believe, is this. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? So if you're here today, I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? You say, I know about him. I heard about him, yeah. But have you asked Jesus to come into your life? It's right where you are. Lord, forgive me of my sin, Lord. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Save me today, Lord. Because I know without you, the Bible says, you know what? 
It's important that a man wants to die, then the judgment, and we stand before an awesome and powerful, holy God, dressed only in filthy rags, if we don't receive Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Call on him today. This is your opportunity right now. And if this is your prayer, you pray it right where you are. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Lord, help me to live for you. It's just that simple, but it's not that cheap. It costs God his best. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. I want to live for you today. And God says, you know what? I'll honor that prayer. If that's your prayer today, and you pray that from your heart today, I just want you to, nobody's going to come where you are. I want you to just raise your hand because I'm going to say, what? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen from here on in. We're going to be praying for you. And even if you didn't, we're going to be praying for you. But I want to tell you, we want to take steps to show you how to get plugged in and go deeper with God. And I appreciate your honesty. And just like we said here, the second part of my question was this. We asked the question, do you know Jesus? But I'm going to tell you what I found is the best answer. Yes, he's my Savior. I pray that each one that are here today can say, Yes, he is my Savior. Because of what Jesus has done, I can rest in him for eternity. Father, we do thank you for all you did, Lord. Father, we thank you that, uh, that we can be a mirror of Christ, Lord. Help us to reach down, reach in, reach out and around the situation that you put us in to make a difference. When we leave here, Lord, we know that the service starts when we leave here. Father, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for their faithfulness. And I thank you that you are faithful in the midst of everything. Lord, I praise you. And I thank you. And I pray, Lord, that when they hear about keep the promise, they say, there's a place that people love the Lord. They're not perfect, but they love the Lord. They're not perfect, but they'll love you where you, where you are. But you know what?